Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. Hey there, this episode of Ask Me Another originally aired at the beginning of May. Here it is. Hey everybody, this is Jonathan Colton. You know me from Ask Me Another, but I'm also a singer-songwriter. I'd like to uh, take this opportunity to uh, play a song that I wrote. This is called Theme From Ask Me Another. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from our respective homes in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. It's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and virtual backgrounds. Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Well, that was perfect, as usual. Uh, why don't I call Ophira? See if she's around. Hello. Hi, Ophira. How are you? Jonathan Colton. I yeah. was uh, expecting your call. Oh, I was, ho- I was yeah, hoping. Were you? You were yeah. hoping. Well, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. about that time, isn't it? Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, I just uh, just got off the phone with the vet. Oh, no. What happened? No, no. Everything's fine. I... Uh, in the backyard, in the complex of backyards behind my building here, there's a bunch of feral cats. <laughs> Perfect. I've started on a new project uh, of taking care of these feral cats. This is, a, <laughs> this is a thing called TNR, which stands for Trap, Neuter, Return. What? Can't you just do sourdough bread like everybody else? No, it's not. Okay. I, did, I did that. I got bored with it. So I had to, I had to come up with a more complex You have project. a different starter. Okay. So what, say, tell me again. It's, it's... TNR. It's trap, neuter, return. Yes. And you, tra- you trap them and then you neuter them. Or actually, technically, you bring them to the vet. Right. I asked. You can't do it yourself. <laughs> Should not. <laughs> and, then, and then you put them, you put them back where they are and then there's no more kittens. But they, because right. they, they can... they're, they're feral. They can't really be adopted uh, very easily, or sometimes at all. So you have to lull them into a false sense of security, get them to trust you, and then you trap them. Oh, and that's what that's what right. I did. I trapped I trapped one of them. I brought him to the vet to get uh, to get taken care of. Anybody can do this. Well, like- you have to get certified. So oh. there's a bunch of organizations that you can work with, and you, and there's a there's an online course. There's an in person course. Yeah, I what took, did you I do? took the online course. Oh, great. I got my certification. Yeah, and I uh, met a nice lady with the organization. And who let me borrow some traps? And I just got. There's one guy back there. He's got a. He's got some sort of skin <laughs> issue. It looks very ish, itchy and oh. uncomfortable. So, so I trapped him first, uh, and and brought him in. And I had to do the whole thing with like the keeping the end of the trap open with a bottle attached to a string. Oh. This is like a cartoon. Oh it's my crazy. Goodness. Yeah, you're. So you're I staked him out a, all weekend. And what are you luring the cats with? Uh, well, I've been feeding them, so they're sort of used to me coming out okay. there and giving them stuff. Uh, yeah. But uh, in this case, I used uh, sardines. Oh. Again, complete cliche, but yeah, it, it works. They they really like sardines. <laughs> they're like oily omega three. Yeah, I need that. But okay. he was so he was so pissed off because I saw as he was going to the trap, he was like, something is not right. <laughs> this I don't is know. Too easy. And then I sprung it on him, and he was like, Oh, I knew it. Oh. He was so mad. He's currently hanging out in my basement. I have a special cage oh. set up for him, a little little den for him to live in. <laughs> and uh, he's just hanging out down there, you know, nursing a grudge. So, I, yeah, you don't have a feral cat. You have a cat. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I just want to let you know something. I will say one thing I did not miss about having a cat is cleaning out the litter box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not a fun job. Uh, but you've adopted a cat. There's a low supply of animals to adopt right now because so many people recently have wanted to you know they've had more time and they're lonely and they've adopted a pet so you've you've just gone into the wild yeah that's right i just went out i just went out and got my own and now what i'm gonna get them all fixed up and then i've got a commodity that other people want right you can flip the cat yeah i'm basically flipping cats I'm going to make a lot of money. My new show, Cat Flippers. (laughs) Coming up next, Flip or Feral? (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, Mouse Hunters. Oh, yeah. Or uh, uh, Mouse Hunters International. (laughs) Sure. That one's better. I like that one better. (laughs) Uh, But I did not call just to talk about cats as much as it seems like I want to talk about cats exclusively. I want to know, if uh, do you you want to do the show? I I would love to do the show. I also would love to do the show because I need to drown out the sound of all these 
loud birds around me. Yeah, the worst. And listen, if you want, if you want to send some birds over over this way, I know a cat who might enjoy hanging yeah. out with them. Oh, yeah, I'll train wild birds. That's possible, right? They're very responsive. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Actually, this is one of our most fabulous homegrown episodes ever from RuPaul's Drag Race and the HBO series. We're here. We're going to talk to the endlessly entertaining DJ Shangela Pierce. And we're going to see what comedians Aparna Nanchurla from Netflix's The Stand-Ups and Joyelle Nicole Johnson have been getting up to while staying indoors. But first, we're hanging out with some comedy writers and longtime besties from the HBO series A Black Lady Sketch Show, Ashley Nicole Black, and from ABC's Bless This Mess, Chelsea Devontes. Let's play some games. Hello, Ashley. Hello, Chelsea. Hello. Okay, you guys have known each other for a long time. You're both Second City Chicago alums. Is is that where you met? Yeah, we met in our first ever comedy class, sketch comedy class in the Second City, day one. Uh, and we're still friends. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, then we were like, wrote for late night and then wrote for sitcoms. Like, I call Chelsea my pace car. Like... <laughs> Every time she levels up in her career, I know my level up is six months behind. <laughs> yeah, she says that, except she's been ahead of me for the past four years. But like <laughs> at the beginning of our friendship, I would be in front. So now it's in her head that I'm always in front. Yeah. And then I'll have to be like, hey, Ashley, Elizabeth Warren tweeted at you yesterday. <laughs> And we're just not living the same life anymore. <laughs> uh, you, I like that you call her Elizabeth Warren Chelsea, but Ashley refers to her as Senator Warren. There's <laughs> <laughs> like an old black lady that lives inside of me. Like I call Stacey Abrams like the speaker. Like I just can't not. I'm like, <laughs> if a lady earns a title, I will I will call her it. Yeah. <laughs> and right before we were all asked to stay in our homes and social distance, I'm assuming you were both in the middle of working on your shows. Ashley, were you not in the middle of making a Black Lady sketch show? Yeah, we're working on season two. And yeah, yeah all of LA shut down. It is tough. I definitely feel this. And then I feel bad about it. It's hard to be like, oh, this pandemic yeah. means I can't make my jokes. But I do feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, my job is essential. It totally isn't. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, you know, it's like you, you can't work. It, it's like a mental toll. It's how we all identify with our lives. Yes. And the amount of productivity we're able to have. Yeah. I know. It's insane. And some of us have made it their entire personality, and we're really struggling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's play a couple games. This first one is an audio quiz called As Seen on TV. We'll play you a clip of a well-known infomercial. You just tell us the product it's advertising. Oh, no! Yeah! <laughs> this game, you're going to be competing against each other. So we'll go back and forth. Ashley, here's your first clue. What product is this teen idol promoting? Hey guys, Justin Bieber here. There are some things that just come with being a teenager. Feet grow like crazy. Can't stop that. Hormones kick in. I don't want to stop that. And then there's zits. I can't stop that. Uh, is it proactive? Sure is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, I haven't been dating for a while, but I do remember dating and going back to whoever's house and always looking in his medicine cabinet. Because everyone does that, right? You just look in their medicine cabinet. And sure. anytime I saw Proactive, I was, I was a little bit like... Oh, yeah, this dude's rich. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, very expensive. $20 a month or something, and it came to your house. Now we, everything comes to our house. Like, I have deodorants <laughs> shipped to my house because I couldn't possibly go to Rite Aid and buy deodorant. But at the time, it was like a big deal that you were getting face wash shipped to your house. Also, that commercial was so creepy. He's like, I'm Justin Bieber. I'm 13. I have hormones. Baby. Yeah, yeah. I don't. He, and he says like hormones kick in. I don't want to stop that, which I is gross to me. Totally to think gross. about Justin Bieber like loving his hormones. <laughs> oh yeah, and you. Uh, I mean, I. I mean, he's just too young to be. I know he's older now, but at the time he's like my hormones won't stop, and you're like, oh no, oh, <laughs> stop it, Justin Bieber. <laughs> All right, Chelsea, this one's for you. You want to keep warm when you're feeling chilled, but you don't want to raise your heating bill. Blankets are okay, but they can slip and slide. And when you need to reach for something, your hands are trapped inside. A snuggie? Yeah, it is a snuggie. <laughs> yeah. That's right, the blanket Yay. with sleeves. 
That is the clearest example of my favorite thing about infomercials. They use like that slow motion sepia tone. So it looks like, uh, you know, sort of surveillance footage or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, that's a problem from the past. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, doesn't happen anymore. (laughs) Now that we have Snuggies, you can just get your own filth all over you and a thing you wear every day. (laughs) The future. All right, Ashley, here's your next clip. 17 of today's hottest superstars in one all-new Power Pack collection. Move into a new dimension with the year's biggest songs. I don't care who you It's, now that's what I call music. Indeed. I'm going to say 1999. <laughs> oh, my... That wasn't even part of the answer, but <laughs> I just a thousand points, a thousand points <laughs> that you went right. For. Yeah, oh it my god! I don't actually know what year that clip. It's got to be ninety eight or ninety nine. Yeah, I didn't have friends as a child, and I spent a lot of time sitting on the floor of my bedroom with a CD player. <laughs> hey, producer, producer Travis just came in to say nineteen ninety eight. Wow. Well done! Ooh. Wow! Well done! Really we showing off, money, Ashley. So it would have taken us till 99 to get the seat. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, Chelsea, this is your last clue. Whole arm is getting a workout. A world leader in biomechanics showed it burns muscle energy and calories over five times faster than a dumbbell. Now, here's the part that blows my mind. The shake weight. Sure. Yeah, the shake weight is correct. Shake weights were just like a gift for comedy shows. Oh, they were totally. like, no one's gonna work out, but comedians they need something for like a decade. <laughs> yeah. Let's make the shake, shake weight. weight. In that like box of props, there's always like like five bad wigs <laughs> and like a clown costume and a shake weight. It's true. I feel like there was a while where it's like if you you would watch this the comic on before you because you're like, are they going to do the shake weight joke? Because then I got I can't do my yeah, shake. I got to throw out the oh, yeah. whole twenty minutes if that's. Oh, and then there was the night where I was like, oh, everyone's seen the shake weight joke, but they haven't seen it in my snuggie. <laughs> <laughs> So after the break, we'll play another game with comedy writers Ashley Nicole Black and Chelsea Devantes. And later, I'll virtually travel to Paris, Texas for a chat with DJ Shangela Pierce from RuPaul's Drag Race and HBO's Work Here. I'm Ophira Eisberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. I'm Jesse Thorne. Why did Cola Scola write a bonkers, extremely fictionalized play about Mary Todd Lincoln? Well, you know, it was 2020 and we were all so isolated. I, I just started doing research. On, but the truth is, I, no, I just thought of it. We'll talk about that and more on Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. Hey, I hear you have a birthday coming up. Yeah, you. If you're listening to this, that means you have a birthday coming up eventually. And here at Life Kit, we want it to be a special one. Magic can happen and good luck can happen and serendipity can happen if we're open to it. How to have a good birthday, even if you're not a birthday person. That's on the Life Kit podcast from NPR. Do you ever wish you could get your stories in three hours rather than three minutes? Or maybe you're sick of doom scrolling, getting your news in bits and pieces. That is where Embedded comes in. We bring you documentary series that will change the way you think about things. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and making your hand fall asleep so it feels like a stranger is touching your face. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Uh, I do that every night to fall asleep. Thank you, Jonathan. We're playing games with two great comedians, Ashley Nicole Black and Chelsea Devantes. Okay, Ashley, you were doing a podcast for a while before this all happened. Are you thinking about uh, bringing it back? (laughs) Uh, It was an advice podcast, and I feel like everybody has the same questions now, so it might not be as varied. (laughs) How? Why? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Chelsea, are you creating new projects in quarantine? Well, listen, since you've given me this opportunity, (laughs) I have been reading female celebrity memoirs uh, like crazy, and I've been holding a little book club on my Instagram, Ah. and I can highly recommend Jessica Simpson's memoir. Now, I know what you're thinking. 
No, she's stupid. Chelsea, now I think you're stupid. Well, guess what? It's a phenomenal <laughs> book, and you should read it and get on my Instagram and join the book club. Uh, Jessica Simpson, I will say, has the best, most stylish maternity wear. Well, you know, it's a big part of the book, but Nick Lachey tries to take some of her fashion empire, and she says, you got it, because I didn't sign a prenup. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Ashley, Chelsea, do you want to play another game? Yes. Yes. This game is about anagrams, and that's when you rearrange letters of one word to make another word. Give an example, and then we'll figure it out. Okay. Okay. For example, if I said, in Las Vegas, these wagers give you the greatest chance of winning, you would answer, best bets. Oh, boy. Two words that are anagrams of each other. This is gonna, there's going to be some long pauses in this game. Oh! Okay, <laughs> so it, it is tricky, but you guys are going to work together. But here's the first one, we, and we could talk it out. So whether they like it or not, Dame Judi Dench and Sir Ian McKellen's names both appear in this list of actors from the 2019 film adaptation of an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Judi Dench oh, and well, Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Cast of Cats. Yeah, Cats, Cats, exactly. <laughs> I... Love that we're on the same team. <laughs> I, I do nothing except watch Ashley get it within milliseconds. All right, here's the next one. It's the journal where you keep track of how much milk you drink. Oh, my milk journal. Yes, I do love my milk journal quite a bit. It's a dairy diary. <laughs> A dairy diary. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Dang! I can't believe she got that. <laughs> well, everyone knows that after you have a glass of milk, you open up your moleskin. You say, I had whole milk today. No, I have not watched the documentaries about cows. I just continue chugging my milk. Lactose log, 2020. <laughs> All right. Can you believe it? I was in my bed working from home, and I spilled champagne on my silky sheets. Oh, well, first off, where did you get my diary? (laughs) That's an entry I made at 9 a.m. this morning. Thank you for including it and plugging it. (laughs) Well, Ashley, what have you got? Oh, a a satin stain? Yes! (laughs) Satin stain! Wow, well, now I know the name of my book that I put in my journal. <laughs> Satin Stain by Chelsea Devantes, How She Spent Her Pandemic. And it's just a list of milks drank. <laughs> Even baby sheep need chapstick, but they call it this. What's oh, a sure. baby sheep? Like lamb bomb? Yeah, lamb bomb. Yes! There you go, Chelsea. Yes! Never forget that I also answered one correctly. <laughs> Chelsea, you just Ashley'd that question. Yes! <laughs> oh, Ashley, Chelsea, you were a great team. Ashley Nicole Black writes and stars in a Black Lady sketch show on HBO. Chelsea Devontes writes for the ABC comedy series, Bless This Mess. Ashley, Chelsea, thank you so much for joining us on Ask Me Another. Thanks, Thanks so much for having, having us. us. Yeah, it was a pleasure. So fun. are on the line with two amazing comedians. I'm so happy they're joining us. It's Joyelle Nicole Johnson and Aparna Nanchula. Yay! All the way from sunny Brooklyn, I Brooklyn. believe. Different parts yeah, of Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yes. Very sunny Brooklyn. So you're both stand-up comics and performed a ton before this all happened. Are you doing any of these virtual shows? Not. I've been working on a book, so I've been weirdly, oh. yeah, it's been strangely ideal book writing conditions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're doing it, though, because I was thinking right. there's so many of us who have projects that they're like, if I only just get the time, I'm going to do it. Right. And there's many projects, even I have been like, I don't feel like doing that, which makes me think... It's never going to happen. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah right, but at least, right. At least you have a child as an excuse. I know. I don't. Have- <laughs> Except for the pandemic and the sort of global that's emergency right. that's happening. Right. That might, it's, right. it's entirely yeah. possible that's causing some stress in our lives, whether we know it yeah. or not, you know? Just I'm going to repeat bit. this thing that someone said to me when I was complaining about the same thing. This person said to me, it's not an artist retreat. It's a pandemic. <laughs> okay? <laughs> that's right. So let me ask you this, though. Within this world that we are in now, are you guys baking bread? My boyfriend bakes bread. I got lucky. I found a bread maker. (laughs) (laughs) 
not to brag, but my boyfriend's a candlestick maker, so we're gonna. <laughs> that, was, that was a dad joke. That was a dad that joke. Was, that was a dad that joke. That was great. <laughs> so yeah, so as we like baking bread is definitely a thing that everyone's doing. Also, I feel like there's a lot of cutting of your own hair. That feels I like might... the last straw for me. I, I yeah. haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, I I had braids. And uh, I'd since taken the braids out. So that was my hair cutting. What did you do with all the braids? Uh, you cut them out and take the weave and throw it in the trash. That's <laughs> throw it in the trash. <laughs> throw it in the trash. Yes. Uh, okay, so this in this game, you're going to be competing. We have a quiz for you. That's a multiple choice quiz about hair. Here okay. we go. Joyelle. Yes. In the 1700s. Of course. (laughs) In the 1700s, it was common for British men to wear powdered wigs, but that all changed when which one of the following happened? Was it A, there was a national wig shortage? Was it B, Napoleon mocked British wigs in a very passive-aggressive op-ed? Or was it C, Parliament began taxing wig powder? I feel like Napoleon is very petty, so I'm just going (laughs) to... I'm just going to hope that's the answer that Napoleon <laughs> did that because that sounds like something a short man would do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure he did mock them. But what the real thing that was the tipping point uh, was that they the parliament started taxing wig powder and then all the men were like, we're not going to pay for this. And then well, everyone was just walking around like Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh, man. They couldn't handle a period tax. Good Lord. (laughs) I know. I was thinking, like, maybe maybe we should tax, like, I don't know, those deep V neck shirts for men. Like, what else can I tax? (laughs) Yeah, let's tax Axe body spray. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Axe body spray. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, did you make up that Napoleon answer? Yeah. I mean, Bravo. I didn't personally, but oh. uh, you know what? You, you know what? This is my time to take credit for other people. I did. Yeah, personally, <laughs> yourself. <laughs> all right, Parney, uh, Parney, here's one for you. Yeah, all right. According to the book Hair, A Human History, up to how much weight can a single strand of hair lift? Whoa. Is it A, five grams or a nickel, B, a quarter pound or a stick of butter, or C, one ton like the Liberty Bell? I'm going to say the first one because I want it to be a stick of butter, but I maybe I just got weak hair. I don't think I don't think mine could. You've tried it. I just imagine it snapping off like a uh-huh, pencil. Uh-huh. Uh, the answer yeah. is actually B, a stick of butter, quarter pound. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Very, uh, very strong, very strong fiber. According to the uh, the author of this book, a knot of hair consisting of 10,000 strands of hair can yeah. lift 1,500 pounds. Oh, my Yeah. God. I've seen the ladies hang by their hair. I've seen that before. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's yes, right. Yeah. That's right. I have a shower drain that is going to end up lifting <laughs> <laughs> some serious things. Right. It's holding up your, your building at this point. All right, Joyelle, in 1898, a New York inventor named Cloud O. Roselle invented a high-tech hair loss treatment. Okay, what was the invention? Was it A, a metal bowl attached to a vacuum hose? Was it B, (laughs) B, Tabasco shampoo and conditioner? What? Hilarious. C, self-styling robotic wigs. Oh, I'm a, I'm gonna go with that Tabasco because I'm going with the hilarious answers. Uh, <laughs> I just want to see a whole bunch of dudes squirting Tabasco hair and then get yeah. it in their eyes. I know, right? Because they didn't know not to put it. They had to go backwards, not forwards, and all of them messed their eyeballs up. <laughs> That's my fantasy. Uh, I love your fantasy. I love your fantasy. The answer was a metal bowl attached to a vacuum hose. Whoa. There's got to be sriracha shampoo out there. That seems oh, like someone be. did that. Right? A, ha- a jalapeno shampoo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chipotle mayonnaise uh, shampoo. <laughs> our, our new line of shampoo conditioner. Body condiment <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, Aparna. Yeah. 
For the past three years, the small Australian town Curry Curry hosted a festival celebrating what divisive hairstyle? A, the beehive, B, the man bun, or C, the mullet? I didn't know the beehive was divisive. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I to bees, bees oh, really loves do not like it. I mean, just the mention of it makes me want to fight, so I can't. <laughs> I, I feel like the man bun is the most divisive out of those. I'm going to go with the man bun. That's a fine guess. It is certainly divisive, but it is actually the mullet. Whoa. Uh, yeah, it's mullet, mullet Fest. It's a day-long festival. It includes competitions by category of mullets, including junior mullets, vintage mullets, and extreme mullets, each one more horrifying than the last. Uh, so let's see. What is the score? Is there a score? They are. The, oh, I, hold I on. I think we are not I know. keeping score. I think I'm. I'm uh, leading for none right. <laughs> <laughs> so no, funny. let's not hang a number on it. Let's not look at the details about what happened. Let's not worry about it. We're here playing games with comedians Aparna Nanchurla and Joelle Nicole Johnson. Okay, are you ready for another one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we have a music parody game for you. You are so lucky. It's called Something in Monet, She Moves. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. All right, take it away, Jonathan. Okay, we rewrote songs with the word move in the title to make them about artistic movements. Do you get it? To earn a point, just do one of these three things. Uh, identify the artistic movement that I'm singing about, or identify the original song or the artist who made it famous, or just name any painting you can think of. Any painting <laughs> name we will accept as the correct answer because not everybody knows art history. Okay, so we're going to take turns. Aparna, this is for you. Okay. Okay. I see an eyeball under a chin. I see an arm between some ears. Picasso-style fractures images Like when I've had 12 beers Wow, okay. I feel lucky that I know this one. I, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think. I think it's cubism. It I is cubism. You're yeah. absolutely right, yeah. Ooh. Well done. Just for fun, do you know the name of the song or the artist? I, it's so familiar, but I'm so bad with song names. So that's I a, that's even Carol tell you. King. I feel the Earth move. Oh, but yeah, well done. Okay, this one is for you, Joel. You gonna start with a cubism? That, that's when you start. <laughs> well, now you now you know cubism is is crossed off the list. Cubism. You know that's, yeah. that's been taken. Just the other ones. It's just the other ones. All right. Okay, I'm nervous. Okay, don't worry. <laughs> Here we go. Monet sat by a pond near Paris, painting. Strokes so choppy. It's like when Kate McKinnon does her version of Hillary. It's meant to evoke but not copy. Capturing a momentary light, 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 light. You ought to know Renoir. Joelle left. <laughs> Joelle left. Joelle, what is she doing? Walked out. I guess I, I was doing she a bad just... job, huh, Joelle? <laughs> Joyelle is here. Joyelle's purple carrot delivery just arrived, so uh, oh, I apologize. Oh. Okay, so, okay, okay. Expressionism? Expressionist? You're so close. Oh, impressionist. Impressionism, that's right, yeah. Yay, impressionism. That's I, yeah. I was close. Well you done. Close. Close. Great. Did you recognize the song by any chance, or were you too distracted by your purple carrot delivery? <laughs> I was distracted by the purple carrot, but also when you started, I didn't know. And I and I can remember, I know songs, so uh, I didn't. Well, so was, who was that? That was Moving Out by Billy Joel. Oh. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Mm -mm, no. <laughs> I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> okay, Aparna, this is for you. Right. Cameron stares at dots Closer and closer shots Sunday on La Grand Jacques Filled up with spots But it's only dots Oh no um, <laughs> Dots, spots and dots Spots and dots, dots and dots 
pointillism? Yeah, pointillism. I just want to say that I like getting to know my friends better, and I didn't know Aparna was an art historian. I'm she's not, just like though. a secret, this is... a secret art historian, and she's trying no to play way. it off. You just said pointillism, okay? I did. You should teach a class in art history. I, I, yes. feel, like, I feel like I'm an oracle. I don't know where these answers are coming from. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, the last time I went to the museum, I like read the little cards for once. And it's it impre- well, it's impressive. Do you know the song or artist by any chance? It sounded so familiar, but I could not place it. It's outcast to the way you move. Ah. Okay, Joelle, this is the last one. It's for you. Baker. Douglas was a major art maker up in North Manhattan. It came from North Manhattan, extremely North Manhattan. Okay, that was Moves Like Jagger. Yeah, that's um, right, Maroon 5. Okay, wait, you were saying like Upper Manhattan, Upper, yeah. east, upper east Side, further, Manhattan? Up, further, further north than that. Oh, how the Renaissance! How yeah, the Renaissance. that's right. Whoa! Yeah. I'm I'm very impressed with both of you. I thought this was going to be just too hard. I mean, honestly, when we were talking about this game, we liter- we were like, well, you know what? They're both comedians, so it will be funny. <laughs> <laughs> right. It'll crash and burn, but like in a really funny way. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I feel like I was in school. You know, you you're know. teaching. Well, that's what we say. Well, it's a, come on our show because it's almost as fun as being in school. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Aparna Nunchurla appears in the stand-up season two on Netflix. And these days, you can catch comedian Joelle Nicole Johnson doing stand-up shows all over the internet. Aparna, Joelle, thank you so much for joining us on Ask Me Another. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I miss you, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. After the break, we're going to think outside the box with DJ Shangela Pierce from RuPaul's Drag Race and HBO's We're Here. And we're going to find out what happens when you quit your day job to appear on Drag Race only to get eliminated in the first episode. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Okay, close your eyes for a second. Now imagine you're on your dream vacation. No work calls to answer, no text messages to respond to, just your suitcase and an opportunity. The opportunity to just take yourself out of your routine and travel deeper. How to actually take that dream trip. That's on the Life Kit podcast from NPR. In any great story, there's a moment that sparks your curiosity tells you there is more to uncover. How how did this happen? How did we get here? That's where Embedded comes in. We are NPR's home for documentary journalism, immersive and intimate stories. I was stone-cold speechless. Nothing will ever, 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 ever be the same here. Find Embedded wherever you get your podcasts. The news can be disorienting, and it can be really hard to remember how we got here. That's why we started the Throughline Podcast, Every week, we take you on a cinematic trip into the past to better understand the present. Listen now to the Throughline Podcast from NPR. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hey, it's time to welcome our special guest. I'm very excited. From RuPaul's Drag Race and the new HBO series, we're here. It's DJ Shangela Pierce. Thank you for joining us. Well, hallelujah. You coined a phrase that I love, which is that you're a corn queening. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't get any more true. <laughs> and you're in your hometown. Yes. Uh, I didn't go back to where I live in Los Angeles because it was uh, such kind of a hotbed area. So I ended up queening here with my mom and my grandma in our family home in Paris, Texas, that is. I have to always (laughs) define that. (laughs) Paris, Texas. And how's it going? How's it going, uh, quarantining with your mom and grandmother? Yeah. So it's been really nice being close to my mom. Although, you know, when you get back in your family's house, all of a sudden you're 16 again. Yep. Yeah. And that's right. All the dynamics come rushing back. Yeah. It comes exactly. You're right back where you started. Yeah. (laughs) 
you got it. And as much as I'm like, mom, I'm an adult. I'm on a show on HBO. She's like, great, but the trash cans need to go out. And you look too skinny. Come in here and eat more. And I'm like, I've eaten. I've eaten three times. So you started doing drag in 2009. That's and, right. Uh, so you'd been doing drag for about five months when you were cast on season two of RuPaul's Drag Race. But yes. you were eliminated in the first episode. So do you feel like you were too new at the time or was it a, like, I, I just got to go out for this and try to make it happen now kind of thing? Okay. So Miss, oh, I'm gonna let you know. Honestly, in the moment I thought, oh, how could they eliminate me? Yeah. I, I came in here ready to win. I mean, I literally had quit my corporate job in PR <laughs> at the time. <laughs> To go and I was winning 20, you know, at the time, season two, the, the goal or the cash prize was $20,000. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being novice diva, I just knew $20,000 is going to make all my dreams come true. <laughs> so I was like, y'all can keep this job. I'm going to win Drag Race. They cast me. I only done 10 drag shows total at the time. I was doing a show once every two weeks for those five months. And I remember thinking in the moment, how could they let me go? Now, looking back at it, I'm like, ooh. Okay, it's a show about makeup. I probably should have put some on to come in that front door. <laughs> and mind you, that face took me two hours to put together. Okay, so then you were asked to come back a couple more times. I think um, after that year, after getting voted off, I thought, oh my gosh, um, do I go back to my job and you know be like, just kidding? Because <laughs> honestly, it had only. It had only been two days since I quit. Oh. I mean, I literally quit to go do the show, and I thought I was going to be gone for a month filming. Girl, when they sent me home two days later, I was sitting there with all my luggage like, oh, wow. But I decided, you know what? I'm, I really have a passion for this. I really love entertaining. I really want to be an entertainer. So I decided I'm going to just go for it. And I started picking up more gigs and more shows and competing in pageants. And the people from Drag Race saw that I, you know, put such an effort mm. in becoming a better queen that they invited me back onto season three. And also you did from 2017 to 18, you did the work, the world tour, right? Which was you produced and performed that featured other drag queens from uh, RuPaul's drag race. And you guys went around the world in this big tour. As a drag queen, as a performer, I had been on a number of tours and loved working with a lot of the promoters, but some of them really didn't understand drag and didn't understand what queens needed and how to best produce when you're working with drag queens. A lot of times they don't even look at the dressing rooms for the queens. So they're just like, okay, you got seven queens, two rooms. Perfect. We'll put three queens in one and four in the other. Uh, No. Okay. We all have two luggage apiece. And and also the things that happen off the stage, how to keep queens happy. If you have a drink for the divas, please have a straw because we can't be ruining our lipstick on these you know, Coke cans or bottles or anything like that have straws for the divas. They're just little things that go into making the girls happy. And you make the girls happy, you make a great show. Jonathan, does this not sound like everything we say all the time? Yeah, no, this is pretty much the same. Except <laughs> I, like the straw. Straw. I like a straw for that exact Jonathan, reason. Jonathan, what about your lipstick? Uh, Jonathan. It's, it's a very pale shade, so it doesn't actually give me too much trouble. It's tattooed. He doesn't want to say it. He's it's tattooed. It's tattooed. <laughs> And you act. You were in the recent remake of A Star is Born. You played the head drag queen at a bar where Bradley Cooper's character meets Lady Gaga and for the first time. So they were originally looking for a Marilyn Monroe or Barbara Streisand impersonator. So you didn't go out to audition. But then you did go out. You decided what changed? Well, I remember seeing the casting for it. And you're right. They were originally for one of the roles casting for a Marilyn Monroe drag impersonator. Yeah. And I just knew that, look, drag queens, we can go across the boards, across, you know, genders, across cultures, across race. It doesn't really matter. A lot of times if you're a queen, you go in and, and do the role. But I just knew if a film, a major film, it's what I felt. A major film was casting Marilyn Monroe. Most likely they were going to go spot on Marilyn. And it don't matter how much time, you know, I stay up at the sun. I'm a diva of color. And I wasn't going to be, you know, serving them full on Marilyn. So I didn't go in. <laughs> But I got this email from Bobby Campbell, who's Gaga's manager. And he, and he said, you know, LG and I, LG, that's Lady Gaga. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he goes, LG and I uh, heard that you didn't come in for the audition. And he goes, and she wanted to see you for this role. Well, honey, if LG and Bobby Campbell wanted <laughs> yeah, to see no you for kidding. the role, yeah. I went up to Hollywood toying costumes. I bought that little white dress in a bag. 
I had the little blonde hairstyle. I put a little beauty mark right above my lip on the right and went over there and I sang, I want to be loved by you. (laughs) Yes. Well, girl, I didn't get the job. And he was like, no, you didn't get Marilyn. But they really loved your personality. They really loved your audition. They're actually writing a role into the film for the drag bar owner. And they want to cast you as that role with lines and dialogue and all that. And I was like, amazing. (laughs) <laughs> and because you were in A Star is Born that was nominated for Best Picture, you became the first drag queen to walk the red carpet at the Oscars. Yes, I'll never forget that. I mean, I was there with one of my best friends, my mentor, my landlord, everything, Miss Jennifer <laughs> Lewis. It was like amazing. I'll never forget that day. We were the first ones on the carpet. Did I tell you Oh, that? really? No. Oh, yeah, because Jennifer said, honey, listen, you ain't never done this before. Me, I'm a veteran. Mm. Honey, She goes, honey, this is your first movie, okay? As soon as you, as someone more famous than you shows up, they're going to push you right along. So she made sure that she was like, we're going early. We got there so early, the, <laughs> the press person came out and said, hi, welcome. Uh, we're like, yes, honey, we're here for the carpet. She said, okay, we haven't opened the carpet yet, but if you guys want to <laughs> hang out, in your car, we'll come and get you. <laughs> so when we so got in great. there, then we proceeded to go down and like talk to every news outlet almost that was there, even the non-English speaking. I was like, "Hola, yes, soy Shangela in in la estrella es navitate." Yes. <laughs> and now you star in the new HBO series. We're here. Uh, you and Bob the drag queen and Eureka O'Hara. The premise is that you guys roll into town uh, and you put on a one-night-only drag performance for the residents in these towns. There's a lot going on in every episode. And I'm just wondering, what was your initial experience doing this series? Honestly, I jumped on the project immediately at the beginning because the creators, Johnny Ingram and Steve Warren, you know, came to me and said, look, we've got this idea about you guys traveling to these small towns and putting on these one night only drag shows and partnering with these people who have these amazing stories. And I just knew that experience. I felt like I really it resonated with me because I grew up in a small town. You remember, I'm from Paris, Texas, and I know what it's like being a young gay kid that looks around and thinks, oh, my gosh, I'm the only person like me, maybe even in the world, because you don't have those visual you know, images of gay people out loud and proud on television and in film mm-hmm. at the time that I was growing up and coming out. But we go into these places and somehow, somehow we unearth these communities of support in yeah. places where we didn't expect to find them. And that's what was life-changing for me. Yeah, you know, and I th- something else I like about it, which I think is very realistic, is some of their participants have pretty large transformations, like their journey that has followed through the show is a big awakening or or just a feeling that they have voice or they're empowered. And for other people, it's smaller. It's still significant, but it's smaller. It's a little more subtle. Like, you know, you've just been able to turn that screw just another little way in the in a direction. Um, I really appreciate that as a viewer because I don't think everything has to be like this, uh, you know, made for TV, ridiculously large celebration. You know, sometimes they well, can be small. Ophir, you're exactly right in that. And what I what's beautiful to me to see is that this is a real life docuseries. This is a real life experience for people. So there isn't always this huge happy ending. It's not like a J-Lo rom-com, which I love J-Lo rom-com. Okay, give me Made in Manhattan, the wedding planner. Um, but it's not that. And sometimes we don't get the full like Hollywood ending that we would like, but that's real life. Also, in seeing this transformation for people, even though some of them may seem small, they're really big to the person who's going through Absolutely. Them. And yeah. I remember thinking like, wow, I wish, you know, Maybe it, this had gone farther, but I had to take a second and look at the person I was working with and go, wow, this was huge for them. This yeah. was huge for them. And to look around in their town and go, I'm not alone. I didn't know that. Wow. That's really yeah, big. That's so great. All right. Are you ready to have a little Ask Me Another Challenge? I'm going to tell you guys, I love games. So great. I'm super competitive. I'm not playing against anyone I know. But I love games. So this is so cool because I haven't been able to go to a game night. My mom and I play Connect Four um, (laughs) a lot. Uh, But yeah, I'm so excited. Yes. Shangela, longtime fans of RuPaul's Drag Race will remember the truly iconic moment when you surprised the season three contestants by jumping out of a giant box. Okay, so was that your idea? 
Oh, well, it wasn't my idea at all for oh. the first time I did it. That was season three because I remember the producers of the show from World of Wonder called me and they said, we love you and we would love to invite you back to RuPaul's Drag Race to compete again. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I was so excited. They said, but we want to keep it a secret. So I remember going to set the first day and I was so excited. And then I saw this box. And they were like, now you're going to get in there. Now, mind you, they hadn't warned me, <laughs> told me nothing. Nobody had, there weren't even breathing holes in the box. Okay. And I was like, how am I going to get in there? And they're like, the front falls down. So I remember I was in my heels. See, had I known I was going to be in a box the whole time, I would have gone in there right. barefoot. And I get in that box, I crouch down. And I remember them rolling me in. You know, they were like, please do not make a sound. The girls don't know you're in it. RuPaul's going to say a keyword. He's going to say redunculous. When you hear redunculous, <laughs> you jump out of the box, right? So Always. I'm like, okay. Well, girl, it was hot in that box. Uh. So I was in that box down there, and I'm waiting for redunculous. And I swear I waited probably 20 <laughs> minutes for redunculous. Because she would get close to the word and be like, I think today is going to be. And then she'd be like, huh-huh, what'd you say? Okay. Yeah. And she's like talking the earpiece. She's like, ah, okay, we're going to do it again. All right, I love it. But it finally worked out. I said, hallelujah, I'm back, lady. So for your Ask Me Another Challenge, uh, we have scoured YouTube for a wide assortment of unboxing videos. Oh, okay. Come on, segue, tie in. I love that. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if you are listening right now and you're like, what's an unboxing video? They are. It's literally that. They are videos of people unboxing products. And it's about the thrill of taking something new out of its box. That is my new tagline, Shangela, <laughs> the thrill of taking something new out of the box. <laughs> so we're going to play a clip and you just have to guess what the user is describing. Okay, let's okay. do it. I'm right, ready. So our first unboxing comes from tech reviewer iJustine. So it's got the little L and the R inside there. These are so comfortable. It has like a nice padding up at the top. And this is like a perfect fit over top of your ears. Sometimes I feel like... Oh, those are headphones. They sure are. That is Woo! correct. I will say that I just got these sent to me, these headphones sent to me in a box. And the box that they came in uh, was tufted satin. Very fancy. Oh, and that's also a new tagline for Shangela. Shangela, laying in a box of tufted set. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> okay, this unboxing comes to us from French musician Esther Abrami. Oh, Esther, come on, Esther. Here we have the bow, which is not broken. Yay. <laughs> and it's in really good condition, actually. Okay, so let's see. It's a bit off though, <laughs> but that looks great. Oh, oh, this one's a little more difficult. Now, it's an instrument. I know that. The bow would have made me think it was like a, like a, a violin or a cello. Yeah. Well, I guess she was, she was surprised that it wasn't broken. She must get a lot of broken things in the mail, I too. I know. <laughs> who, who gets broken instruments constantly? How sad. Yes. Shout out Broken Bow, Oklahoma. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go. She strummed it for fun. I was just going to say, it was a violin. You're absolutely right. It was a violin. Woo! Yeah. Well yes. done. Well done. Okay, we got a couple more. Next up, YouTube user Skyforce95 unboxes a retro decoration. It kind of looks like a wine bottle in a way. There's the wax there on the bottom, and there's the light bulb. I wonder if it really is very effective. I did have some reviews that complained that it was not powerful enough. Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay, let me think of this. Okay, so... There was a wax and a light bulb. So, and it's a party decoration, retro party decoration. I'm going to go with a lava lamp. Yes! Exactly! Yes! Come on, Shanji! Come on, Shanji! That is exactly Put me on a, I'm telling you, if we get on a game show, if me, Bobby, Eureka end up going on Drag Family Feud, bring in two more <laughs> of my family members, and it's on. It is on. Yeah. This is the last clue, and it is from YouTube channel Try Can Do. Okay. Um, what I wanted to go through was the features of this thing. It's really, really cool. Um, you know how like normally you just have to click the speed buttons, you know, constantly go up or constantly go down as well as the incline. You have like automatic, you know, immediately 10 or immediately five. And these are miles per hour. So yay. Awesome. 
Bing, 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 bing. That is in my garage at my granny's house. That is a treadmill. You are absolutely right. Treadmill is correct. Yeah. Yep. I know. This person makes it sound so much better just to keep it in the box, though. (laughs) Well, (laughs) the fact that he was excited that it goes directly to 10, you could tell this is somebody who's been to Barry's boot camp once or twice, okay? (laughs) He was like, baby, I don't make it past a good seven on a good day. No, (laughs) ma'am. Congratulations, Shangela. You did amazing. You Thank you. Amazing. Woo! DJ Shangela Pierce stars in the HBO series We're Here. Y'all, I just have to tell you, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us. That's our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Thou Joel to Cannon. Our puzzles written by Ruth Morrison, Kara Weinberger, and senior writer Eric Feinstein. With additional material by Karen Lurie, Ashley Brooke Roberts, Kate Villa, and Emily Winter. Ask Me Another is produced by Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Nancy Seichow, James Sparber, Rebel Wood, and our intern Nick Garrison. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our bosses' bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. Thanks to our production partner, WN. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, you're still listening. Fantastic. So since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We'd love to hear from you, and it also helps others find out about our show. For information about new episodes, bonus videos, and more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks! Next time on Ask Me Another, it's actor and playwright Heidi Schreck. The Tony-nominated writer chats about her Broadway show, What the Constitution Means to Me. And then we challenge her to a game about the 233-year-old document. Will she know her preamble from her Article 7s? Find out. And join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. The Embedded Podcast brings you eye-opening reporting. There's something that hasn't been disclosed yet. Immersive journalism. I could smell the smoke. I could smell the dust. Personal stories. I was scared. Like, I can't protect you. We are NPR's home for documentary storytelling. Find Embedded wherever you get your podcasts. On the Code Switch podcast, conversations about race and identity don't begin or end with the news cycle. That's because we know race and identity impact every person and influence every story. We're getting into all of it with new voices each week on the Code Switch podcast from NPR.